The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. I say it, I mean it, I promise it, and I think we always deliver. So what's the buzz on the street today? Well, let's see. I have an interesting quote here from a young woman who is an MBA candidate at HEC in Paris. That's the École des Hautes Etudes Commerciales. It's a European business school. She's the class of 2018, and she posted the following quote on LinkedIn uh, two years ago, 2014. Very interesting and it's on entrepreneurship here's the quote in this ever globalizing world i like that term because i've never heard it that way in this ever globalizing world though strategic alliances are becoming more relevant to business owners of all sizes and all industries what used to be limited to blue chip companies is now a commonplace consideration for many small business owners her name is maria martiak if you want to look her up m-a-r-t-y A.K. I love the quote. So what are we talking about here? Well, building smart relationships has always made sense for big business. Come on. You've heard of McDonald's and Coca-Cola. I know. How about GoPro and Red Bull Stratus? I know. How about the Global Fund Gap Mulberry Product Red? Red in parentheses. Well, I'm red and you know that means a lot to me. So now alliance opportunities with big rewards are everywhere for small companies too. But, 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 you know what the railroad crossing says. Stop, look, and listen. So you have to stop, look, listen, and you have to manage them wisely if you're an SME, small to mid-sized enterprise. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. The official topic is small business, big rewards, alliances with marketing partners. So I'm pleased to tell you we have two of our three panelists. One had a family emergency, and we're going to do a quick shout-out and hope everything works out to Trish Nettleship. And we will include some of her information. She spent time preparing for this show during the conversation. But our two panelists present are Lorraine Maurice, Senior Director, Global Indirect Channel Marketing at SAP, who is also the sponsor of this series, as you all know, and Lisa Durrett, who is now with Broad Insight, I-N-S-I-T is her new company. She is the Chief Strategist and Founder, and in a couple minutes, we'll ask her to tell us about her new business. Very exciting for Lisa. So Lorraine sent me a quote from Seth Godin, and it's a long quote, but a very interesting one. Seth, uh, what can I tell you? He took 20000 in savings back in 1986, and he founded his own production company, book packaging business out of a studio apartment in New York City. Does it get any better than that? His companies included Yo-Yo Dine, and he 
came up with what we call permission marketing. Look him up. He's written best-selling books. He has changed the world in so many ways. So the book is Tribes, We Need You to Lead Us. And here's the quote. A tribe is a group of people connected to one another, connected to a leader, and connected to an idea. For millions of years, human beings have been part of one tribe or another. A group needs only two things to be a tribe, a shared interest and a way to communicate. Lorraine Maurice, you know I'm a big fan of Seth Godin and I'm a big fan of yours. How are you, Lorraine? I am amazing. How are you today, Bonnie? I'm fine, thank you. And I have to do a thank you to you for stopping by when I was broadcasting live from Sapphire Now in Orlando for SAP last week. And you came by, we had a hello, how are you, a hug. And then I was back on the air, you were out the door, and I hear rumor has it you stopped by 10 times and I was broadcasting the whole time. So thank you for for wandering. I did, but we were able to see your red hair and your gold shoes, so we felt like we at least got to meet you more than once. Uh, I was even wearing the red shoes. How about that? The gold shoes. I know about the red hair. Thank you. I thought I had them in the bag. Thank you so much. It was fun. It was interesting, Lorraine. I met so many interesting people, and I was grateful that people like you, who I consider not only my colleagues, but my friends on Game Changers Radio, took the time to walk all the way to the South 40 at the Orlando Convention Center. That's a big place, isn't it? So, Lorraine, tell me. Let's talk about Seth Godin and, and our topic about big rewards for small businesses with marketing partners. How does Seth relate to this topic? You know, Seth was truly a visionary. I mean, if you go back in 1995 or whatever year he was starting up all this permission marketing, you know, he was also talking about, you know, telling authentic stories and everything we talk about and networking and differentiation for for you as a brand and your company as a brand. And so I really find him fascinating because it really is about communications and it's about um relationships with people, and more important, it's about being true and taking the truth between you and others and making it a business a business kind of proposition, making something happen. So uh, I had the opportunity to meet Seth back when I was with another company. Um, he gave a, a presentation to our organization, and he was just dynamic. I mean, again, the purple cow, the, being different, yes. um, being different in a world of a lot of the same. Absolutely. And Lorraine, I don't know if you, and we'll, we'll talk to, uh, to Trish and uh, to um, Lisa in just a second. I subscribe to his daily blog. And sometimes, Lorraine, it, it has such a strong message and it's three sentences long. And sometimes it's five short paragraphs. I don't know who does his writing. I'm seriously doubtful that he sits there and writes all these every day, but they sound like they're always from Seth. Any thoughts on do you get his subscription blog? Um, I, you know what? I'm so glad you mentioned that because I used to and I don't anymore, so I need to sign up again. But I think that you hit it on the head. It doesn't have to be wordy or lengthy. It just has to be, you know, to the point. And what's the action? Um, the action with the point. And so I think that's the other thing I like about him is that there's always an action with the point. Always. That's right. And he always makes you think. I just have to give a little more background here. I think everybody who doesn't know Seth will appreciate this in terms of small business and finding and connecting with a tribe. Uh, if you'll permit me for a second here, Lorraine. In 1995, Seth Godin launched Yo-Yo Dine, Y-O-Y-O-D-Y-N-E. They use contests, online games, and scavenger hunts to market companies to participating users. In 1996, the Flatiron Partners venture capital firm invested 
$4 million in Yo-Yo Dine. That's the year after he launched it for a 20% stake. Over 1 million people visited the site. AOL, American Express, H&R Block, Microsoft, Procter & Gamble, Sony Music, Sprint, and Volvo used Yo-Yo Dine services. And he produced published, Seth Godin published the book, Permission Marketing, Turning Strangers into Friends and Friends into Customers. And here's the clincher. In 1998, this is three years after he launched, he sold Yo-Yo Dine to Yahoo for $30 million and became Yahoo's VP of Direct Marketing until the year 2000. And then he went on to other companies and books and fame. Lorraine, if only, right, if only our, our audience listening from the SME world, small to mid-sized enterprises and startups and people with a gleam in their eye to have the next big breakthrough, whatever it is, product or service, if everybody could have success like Seth Godin. Do you have any clue as to how he made it happen in three years, Lorraine? Come on, that's incredible. I mean, right. He Well, it was incredible. I think part of it was he was in a good place, a right time, a right market. But at the end of the day... I go back to my to my term. He was a visionary. I mean, he was talking about, you know, again, permission marketing, authentic conversations, communications, well before um, the rest of us saw it as an advantage. And, uh, you know, those of us in business were still thinking in terms of products and solutions and not necessarily in terms of relationships. And what's interesting is that's evolved. You know, relationships have evolved. Um, he's still relevant from his first book because it's, you know, as you move into digital marketing and, you know, social selling, that becomes even more important today than it probably was back then. So um, good place to be, uh, smart ideas, and willing to take the risk. And willing to stand out from the crowd and be very, very different. I exactly. rest my case. Thank you. I got to get that book. Thank you, Lorraine. Great intro. And now let's turn to Lisa Durrett, who's also been on the series several times with Lorraine before. And she is quoting Reed Hoffman, the LinkedIn co-founder, also another trailblazer. Reed Garrett Hoffman, born in 1967. Boy, he's another young one. Is an American internet entrepreneur, venture capitalist, and author. He was co-founder and executive chairman of LinkedIn. He's currently a partner in the venture capital firm Greylock Partners and on the Forbes 2017 list of the world's billionaires, that's with a B, of course. Reed Hoffman was ranked number 631 with a net worth of a mere $3.1 billion. Well, Reed, better luck in your future. Here's the quote. I'm being facetious. Lisa Durrett has picked the following quote. No matter how brilliant your mind or strategy, if you're playing a solo game, you'll always lose out to a team. Lisa, welcome back. How are you today? I'm good, Bonnie. Thanks for having me back. Oh, we're delighted. Talk to me. Are you a big, well, do you use LinkedIn a lot? Is it part of your social networking? And talk to me about this quote. How, how does it relate to our topic today about alliances? Uh, I use LinkedIn, absolutely. Um, you know, and the reason I picked it was, I think, because of what it says, right? I mean, it's trying to do it all by yourself, everything, all the time. Um, when you compare that to finding like minds and people that can support um, your end goals, I think you'll always be stronger as a team. Um, you know, and I loved his book, um, The Startup of You. Um, I thought that was a fabulous book, and I and I go back to it all the time because um, he talks about the importance of, you know, treating your own career, not just your, you know, company or your enterprise as a startup, but looking at yourself as a, as a startup as well. So... Um, and I think one of the things he talks about all the time is it's kind of encoded 
in human DNA is to mm-hmm. be creative and reach out and support, you know, look for, look for a team, look for, you know, a tribe, if you will, to look back to Lorraine's quote. Thank you very much, Lisa. This is where we want to know about you. You founded a company last time you were on just a few months ago. You didn't have this company. So tell me, what is Broad Insight? What was the inspiration? How long did it take you to put it together? And what do you do? Um, Broad Insight is a marketing consultancy um, and coaching um, geared towards small businesses and startups. Um, you know, I've been passionate about small business for a long time, ever since I was with AT&T and, and running their small business marketing. Um, I think because I kind of go in and out of it myself, <laughs> um, I'm just passionate about it and trying trying to help them succeed and or improve, you know, what they're doing, improving their game. And so what we do is, is provide um, integrated marketing support and also training to small businesses. A lot of times, whether it's a solopreneur or just a smaller company, um, they may not always be up to speed on all the latest tactics or tools that are out there. And so we can come in and help their staff, train them, get them up to speed, teach them some new new things, um, as well as providing that support if they need it. Um, So I'm very excited about it. It took me a while to kind of put the concept together. I knew I wanted to go back into consulting, but to try and come up with a concept itself. I think it took me, you know, a couple months, but I'm excited about it and we're doing great. Just a couple of months. I think you're you're going to beat Seth Godin. He, he sold he started a company in a studio in New York City for goodness sake and 3 years sold it for 30 billion. So I wish you well. Thank you Lisa Thanks. and uh, Lorraine and Lisa with your permission. I'm going to honor Trish Nettleship from UCB, Director of Multi, Multi-Channel Marketing, with the quote she sent us, because I think it's important. And I'll ask both of you to just chat about what you think that quote, how it relates to our topic, since Trish can't be here. Is that okay with you, Lorraine, if I do that? Do we have Lorraine? Absolutely, Bonnie. Okay, good. I thought I lost you for a second. Uh, Trish chose a quote from Arianna Huffington, another major mover and shaker in the business world. She was born in 1950, Greek-American author, syndicated columnist. She goes by the title Occasional Actress and, of course, a businesswoman, co-founder and editor-in-chief of the Huffington Post, which is now owned by AOL. I didn't know that. She actually ran as an independent for a California governor in 2003. I don't know if anybody knows that, but most important, in 2009, Arianna Huffington was number 12 in Forbes' first ever list of the most influential women in media. That's quite an accolade and achievement. And she moved up to number 42 in The Guardian's top 100 in media list. In 2014, Forbes named her number 52 most powerful woman in the world. And rumor has it she's stepping down from her role as editor of HuffPost to devote time to a new startup. Here we go with startups and small companies, but I don't think anything Arianna does is going to be, uh, yes, I don't think anything she does is going to be a small company. It's called Thrive Global, focusing on health and wellness information. Here's the quote Trisha selected from Arianna Huffington. Fearlessness is like a muscle. I know from my own life that the more I exercise it, the more natural it becomes to not let my fears run me. Lorraine, you want to take a shot at this, how it relates to our topic of alliances and partnerships? Well, again, so first of all, I need to probably send this link out in in, in Twitter as she spoke uh, with our with SAP's uh, newest yes. board member, Jen Morgan, recently, oh. and it was a fascinating conversation. And I think that the quote is in line with some of the things she talked about, and that's 
that one, you have to be a risk taker, and then two, that you have to, uh, to quote um, uh, Zuckerberg's sister, I'm drawing a blank on her name, but uh, uh, just um, that you have to lean in. And so as a woman, I think that she has proved that you can't just be paralyzed by fear. You need to move forward. You need to do it often, and that way it becomes second nature. And you need to just be part, aware and part of the business that you're in, and then it becomes, you know, part of you. And she's dynamic. She's dynamic in the way she runs her businesses. She's dynamic in the way she treats her people. And then she's mm-hmm. also dynamic because sometimes women aren't nice to women in business. And I hate to say that out loud. That's not the topic here. You, but I think you can say also, it. You, I've, I've experienced <laughs> that. I know. Keep going. <laughs> right. I think that she's demonstrated how, you know, she is very, you know, fair and balanced, but that she also helps women and mentors women to become more than they can be. And I think exercising that muscle comes back to many women aren't raised or brought up to be, you know, the stereotypical strong male executive, and she's proved everybody wrong that as a woman and a beautiful, petite, little yes. woman, uh, yes. she stood up to everybody. Yes, stood up is, is a good phrase. Were you thinking of Sheryl Sandberg, Lean In? Thank you. I thought, thank You're you. Welcome. I, I, You're I saw welcome. Mark this morning on uh, the news channel, and I couldn't get his name out of my head. But Cheryl's there Lean In is, is something that, uh, you know, Ms. Huffington also emulates. Yep, absolutely. I, I heard she was at Sapphire. Of course, I was tethered to my radio booth studio, so I didn't get to right. see anything. But I heard she was. I heard Michelle Obama was also a guest, and Derek Jeter, and and uh, who else was there? A couple of other very big uh, names. Um, yes, uh, George uh, Pre- uh, President George W. Bush, Bush. Senior H. Actually, H. I think. Um, um, and then also um, oh, H. Oh, who else is there? Kobe Bryant. So I think that was Kobe Bryant. One of our- <laughs> I, I saw Bill McDermott, the CEO of SAP, speaking with Kobe Bryant and Derek Jeter. On they had great big round monitors for, hung from the ceiling. And when I walked in to start the radio shows on Thursday morning, we stopped in the in the big area and watched that for a little while. Absolutely fascinating. It was quite a sapphire. And before we lose this thread, I want to go back to Lisa. Lisa, any comments you'd like to share about the choice of quote that Trish did, uh, selecting these words of wisdom from Arianna Huffington? Um, I love it. I mean, you know, I think it's just a reminder of, you know, truly embracing your fears. Um, You know, it's a scary thing when you want to start a company or just (laughs) go out on your own or or make a change or do something new, but you you have to embrace your fear. Um, I wasn't familiar with this quote exactly, but, you know, um, there's another really great one by Will Smith, um, and he talks about you have to leap past your fears because once you realize it, that's really the only thing, you know, standing between you and the best life that you can live. So the best future that you can have. So you just have to embrace your fears, go for it. Um, the first time you do it, it's, it's probably the hardest, but it's, it's correct. Every time you take a step and, and break through those fears, it gets easier every time. I think that's absolutely true, and thank you very much for that. And, Lorraine, we're just going to go around the circle. It's a small table today, but a mighty one. Lorraine, Maurice, where are you calling from, and what are you drinking right now that makes you, well, you're very happy always in your picture. What makes you smile and what makes you happy to go to work every day? Or if you don't have it in front of you, what would you rather be drinking? Okay. Uh, First of all, I'm calling from a very sunny, finally, Atlanta, Georgia, been raining for over a week but uh it's so it's a lovely gonna be a lovely weekend and um 
what am I, I'll tell you what I'm drinking and then I'll tell you what I love about coming to work. So what I'm drinking is a, a green smoothie. I'm back to that uh, with spinach and pineapple and apple juice and it's delicious and uh, getting me ready for the, the powerful weekend. And why I like coming to work is because I like working with people and I'm very network driven and very alliance driven. So every time they give those you know, tests or you take those surveys about, you know, who you are, what things should be like. Um, I always come out as the networker. And uh, that's why I like coming to work. It's, it's all about the people. Thank you. And the reason I asked you that, you may know that when I did my 33 interviews in three days at Sapphire, we had two themes. One was what's keeping today's C-suite awake at night. And then the other theme was what's making today's C-suite excited to go to work every day. So I thought I would add that to, to our discussion today, and I might start doing that on all of the shows. So there, I love Lisa, it. I, I, thank you. I think you. that's great. <laughs> I, I think it is, too. Very timely. And Lisa Durrett, where are you calling from? What are you drinking? And what makes you excited to go to work every day? Or what's keeping you awake at night? We'll give you the option. Sure. Um, I'm also in Atlanta today, and like Lorraine said, it is a beautiful day, finally. <laughs> Um, for me, I have some sweet tea today. It's just such a nice summer day and sunny that um, just kind of felt like that today. And um, I don't know, later I might be drinking some wine because school is officially out today. So <laughs> we're facing the whole summer with um, two 13-year-olds in the house. So, um, But what's keeping me excited or what keeps me excited right now is my new business. Um, it's just exciting every day to, to wake up and, you know, start the day and see what progress we can make. And, you know, um, I know we're going to get into the topic in a minute, but trying to network, trying to build alliances for me as a, as a new small business is something that I do every day. So I'm just excited to hit the ground running. Thank you very much. I'm glad to hear that. Ladies, I'm very jealous. It is pluing, French word for raining here in New York. It has not stopped till since overnight. It did the same thing on Tuesday. Now it's Thursday, and we get little smidgens, little, little snippets of sunshine in between, and we don't know what season it is. We don't know where we are. I've got an umbrella in the house. I've got an umbrella in the office. I've got two in the car. I never know when I'm going to – I know curly hair works very well in, in uh, pluey weather, right, Lorraine? But I, I just never know. So we are in this – in between. So I'm jealous of both of you with the sunshine. However, they don't let me near caffeine on radio show days and you're my second show today. So it's still back to the cool, clear mug with cool, clear water. And I have a pink straw in hopes that the sun will shine eventually here in New York. But I have a new favorite drink. Lorraine, you want to know what it is? I do, but I'd also like what to know what makes you happy to come to work. So, but I would love to know about your drink first. <laughs> well, th- thank you. Nobody's <laughs> ever asked me that. What makes me why the drink is uh, a little bit of one uh, percent milk, and I have one of those personal Hamilton Beach blenders, the kind you hit the button and you pulse it. You don't put an on-off switch, and they're adorable, and they're like fourteen ninety-five. You get them anywhere. I think Sears carries it, and it's just the best thing in the kitchen, as far as I'm concerned. Half a banana, about eight ounces of one percent milk. Uh, I don't do organic milk not yet and then a little bit of agave syrup i'll take a teaspoon of unsweetened cocoa any brand you like and then sometimes i cheat and put a spoonful of good chocolate ice cream on top of it and then i blend it all up buzz buzz pulse pulse and i don't even pour it in a glass i take a straw and i put it right into the big cup on this little mini personal blender and drink it right down to the last drop and i got to tell you the good parts are the banana, the skim milk, and the agave instead of sugar. The ice cream, not so much. So, Lorraine, does that sound good? I think I'll be trying that this weekend. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds delicious. 
And what makes me happy to go to work every day, it's talking to people, I'm going to cry, to people like you and Lisa Durant and the people I had on, I'm I'm doing 14 radio series under the Game Changers banners for SAP right now, five hours a week here on the Business Channel, working with excellent people like Ryan Treasure at the radio station, Kevin Gassman as our engineer, Jeff Spinard, the CEO of World Talk Radio, presented me with an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, this huge glass statue at Sapphire. My whole team knew about it. I had no clue. And all of a sudden, somebody said, nobody leave the room. Bonnie, stay where you are. And Jeff Spinar walks up and hands this to me. And there's some some pictures on, uh, I, I guess we have some on Facebook of me receiving the award with a little bit of shock on my face. So thank you. So that's the kind of thing that makes me excited to go to work every day, Lorraine, is, is presenting insightful, smart, sharp-minded people like you and Lisa and and Trish, we're doing a shout-out to you, and everybody who helps to sponsor all of these Game Changer shows where we can take innovative thought leadership, people with a vision, people with a passion for making the world better and companies run better and sharing that with our audience all over the world. So a little bit of mushy-gushy from me, so thank you for asking. And on that note, we're going to take a break. Our topic, believe it or not, is small businesses, big rewards. I think we've already discussed 100 big rewards, which is doing business with people you enjoy speaking with and working with, but we're focusing on alliances with marketing partners. We have today with us Lorraine Maurice, and we have Lisa Durrett. We'll be talking a lot more with them, and we're going to take a break. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Studies have shown that buyers in today's digital economy are spending more time online than ever before, discovering and researching products and services. As a result, it is critical for businesses like yours to learn how to locate and engage with prospects and customers in this digital space. Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers explores the impact of changing digital economy on small to medium-sized businesses. We'll define the challenges SMEs face to proactively connect with buyers on their digital journey and share proven strategies to put into action to be successful. Tune in to hear the experiences and insights of top sales and marketing thought leaders and practitioners as they discuss how the digital economy is reshaping the SME business world. Think Big, Work Small, presented by SAP, every Thursday on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. Here we are. We're thinking big, working small with our special guests today, Lorraine Maurice and Lisa Dorette. And we are talking about small business, big rewards, alliances with marketing partners. So Lorraine has told me before the show, here's a very interesting topic. She says, in today's competitive business market, and I'm going to add global market, there are many reasons for forming alliances. Lorraine, I'm not going to go any further. I want you to tell us how does an alliance differ from a partnership and what are these reasons? Give us a couple of top reasons, and then we'll have Lisa chime in. Go ahead, Lorraine. So uh, an alliance is, uh, 
Alliance is more like dating, right? <laughs> I'll put this <laughs> little analogy out of it. Uh, you're kind of collaborating. You kind of have your independent status. Um, you're, you're really still an individual. And a partnership is like getting married. It becomes legal. There is really no independent status. You're one unit now, and you share information. So that's kind of just a, a little fluff to how I would think of the differences. But really, truly, it, it is like that. So when you're in a partnership, there's usually some legalities around it. Um, there's usually some liabilities uh, of being in a partnership as well and the sharing of, of you know, profits and losses. But when an alliance is formed, it's more of a collaborative effort um, that it truly helps both businesses in, in some way. And so it's, it's, it's more of a friendly agreement. Um, sometimes there's contracts, but it even could be a handshake. But there's really a reason to associate with each other, get to know each other for one common goal. Very That's how interesting. I like to think about it. I, I love that, dating versus marriage, uh, although some dating relationships end up becoming legal relationships because they people do. buy property. Anyway, we know that. So let's talk about alliances from the pure perspective. Today we're focusing on the value to a small business of marketing alliances. Lorraine, give us some examples. I mentioned a couple in my opening. So what kinds of alliances should a small company look for? What would be productive? And then we'll get Lisa's point of view. What do you see? So it's interesting because I was giving a lot of thought to this, and I will tell you that I saw a lot of it in services-type business or adding services. So I'm going to give you a few examples, and then I'm going to talk to you about why they work. So mm-hmm. truly entrepreneurial, one is a dry-cleaning concierge, right? So I don't know if anybody's ever used one, but it's somebody that could come to your home or your office, pick up your laundry, and then deliver it to the dry cleaner, and then deliver it back. And in that alliance, you've got the dry cleaner and the concierge, both small businesses, both increasing revenue for each other and both delivering something. So that, that, that's one example. Another example is, you know, our, our music lessons or, or lessons of any kind. But in music, you know, affiliating yourself with a store that, you know, sells and delivers pianos, for example, and you're a music teacher or providing music lessons. And so the alliance is really about, you know, if the music teacher gets lessons, the piano store sells more pianos. So again, it's, it's about something that, that values both, both of you. And then I thought of something that I tend to use, and it's kind of a three-way alliance. So it's not complicated, but it works for everybody. Um, and that's the new Uber Eats. And I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with Uber Eats. No, actually, tell us what it is. Well, it's, 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 it's Uber, so it's kind of like a taxi service to deliver food. And so you schedule an Uber person to literally go to the restaurant of your choice or the one on the recommended list. You know, you choose what you're going to eat. They pick it up and deliver it to your house. And in this instance, you know, the Uber driver is an independent business. That's that's their business. Um, the restaurant is usually a small business and an independent business. And um, so it's um, it's just a – and then Uber – I guess they've grown to be a big business, but everybody makes out. And so I think that there are places in our everyday life that alliance, we use alliances. And in the small business, it truly does expand your relationship with other people as well as expand your presence to the buying world. 
I am still floored by the idea of Uber Eats. I've looked it up. There's about 5,000 web. No, I, I saw about 12 immediately. Uber Eats is an online meal ordering and delivery platform, partners with restaurants in dozens of cities around the world. Ordering can be done on their website or with a smartphone or tablet application, iOS and Android. Uh, the website claims a delivery time of 30 minutes or less. Uber Eats application has over 5 million downloads and a 4.2 rating on Google Play. Is that a good rating, Lorraine? Um, I think so. I think they're new, and it's getting better every day, but not bad. Not bad at all. Lisa Durrett, have you ever used Uber Eats? Talk to me. Talk to I me about some but... <laughs> marketing alliances. Go ahead. Tonight, my... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Talk to me about your – give us some examples of marketing alliances that you've seen, that you've been part of. What What, what works on the alliance side? You know, I think alliances for small businesses, it's exciting. You know, it's an easy way for us, for a business to to test the waters, right? So if they're thinking, you know, I want to partner with this company or with this agency or, you know, with this other business that we have, you know, supporting uh, products or services, but you're kind of hesitant about it or you're not sure if it's going to benefit. I mean, an alliance, I think, is a great way to start off, right, because you can test the waters. You know, you don't have to worry about giving up control of your company. Um, you can give it a try and see if it works. Um, but I do think alliances are a great way for a small business to to grow. Um, I think it was Entrepreneur, I want to say, that I saw a study that said the average number of alliances for fast-growing companies um, have increased over the past few years from like two to four. Um, and many of the times you don't have to think of it as being such a big undertaking. A lot of times it's a, it's a very simple partnership or an alliance that you strike up with somebody. Um, but I think it's something, you know, that... Go ahead. Sorry, Lisa, to interrupt, but I think it goes back to what we were talking about with the definition. In an alliance, there's no legal you know, mm-hmm. legal obligation. And so you do have the ability that, to test, to try, um, to change. So it's got, it's a very fluid opportunity to see how uh, this, this relationship can work. Absolutely. And I think the other thing to remember when you're looking at alliances is what synergies do you both bring to the table, right? I think because synergy is the biggest benefit that most alliances, most businesses that are looking to establish an alliance that's what you need to look for. So if you have a product, let's say you have a product that you don't, but you lack distribution, your distribution channel is, is kind of weak, then you might go um, looking for a synergy by allying with a company that has a really strong distribution, but they don't have a competing product, right? So, so I think that's another important thing to keep in mind. And, um, you know, sometimes companies that may have unique technologies that support one another synergistically, but they don't compete, you can combine with yours to create an even more compelling product. I think there's a lot of different ways to look at um, alliances. Um, and I think, too, that if sometimes if companies or business owners were to just take a, take a little step back and not always go for what's obvious, sometimes it's the least obvious, right, where you might find the biggest synergistic support for both businesses. 
Very interesting. As I'm listening to both of you, and thanks for the examples, I'm fascinated by Uber Eats. I couldn't imagine calling a a cab and saying, hey, uh, you know, hey, so-and-so cab driver, would you mind picking up my dinner for me? Although I'm sure people do. This sounds like Uber is seizing on what was a good idea for that people wanted. I think Uber and and startups and disruptors like these, and tell me if you disagree with me, Lorraine and Lisa, are saying, what did people want? Like Seth Godin was saying, what do people want? What does the tribe want to thrive and to be, have fun and to, to to meet and greet and to get what they need. Uh, but my, my question to both of you ladies is, it sounds like if uh, uh, Bob and, and Jim or Mary and Sue or Bob and Jim and Mary and Sue were having dinner and they all were involved in different small businesses, they might sit at that table and might say, well, what could we all do together to drive business to each other on a kind of a barter of sync of uh, synergies? That's what, Lisa, that's what Lisa was saying, synergies. On kind of, a, not a barter, but a, what can we all throw into that? hat and come mm-hmm. up with some solutions. To, is that what the way it really works, Lorraine? What are your thoughts? It, it, it is. You know, we've talked before on different shows about having boards of directors, you know, people that can, you know, especially in a small business, you know, other like-minded people that bring a different skill to the table. And you, when you're working with alliances, it's true, you're sitting around the table and you're brainstorming and it's a knowledge and research center <laughs> right at your fingertips mm-hmm. from people that for some reason you've grown to trust, right? You have to do your homework. But it, it, so, and it has, so it has an economies of scale as well. I mean, not all small businesses like big corporations can afford, you know, afford large analyst organizations to tell them what to do next, what target market to go for, what price to set something for. But when you have an alliance of so somebody that has a similar goal, a similar objective, or a collaborative opportunity, the conversations become the same, and they become similar enough that you can share ideas and concepts and truly expand, expand your staff and therefore, you know, save money, um, you know, get better pricing, um, all kinds of things can come out of the relationship. It, you, you know, you bring, you bring up, um, you know, the sitting around a table, and I will have to, to tell you that we, we've sat around a table recently with, you know, a new agency like Lisa's, for example, um, you know, uh, an ad agency that buys media, um, a new digital agency that maybe creates websites. And in those conversations, everybody walks away with something and sometimes they work together, you know. So let's say, you know, Lisa didn't have, and I'm not saying this, but let's say Lisa needed some expanded web development. You know, she would form an alliance with a web developer. So those are just examples of how, you know, sitting around the table, talking with small businesses with like opportunities, you know, bring you all together. I think the other thing, too, that alliances bring to the table the benefit, you know, that you don't think of all the time is that a lot of times you can ally with another entity, another business, another small business owner or company, and, you know, you gain strength by being able to purchase cooperatively or agreeing that you're going to market jointly. So whereas, you know, you're one small business or and you you think to yourself, you know what, I can't afford to go and, and do this, but when you establish an alliance with one or two other businesses and you guys pull your resources together, like Brian was saying, whether it's actual, you know, um, people resources or marketing dollars, um, maybe it's even combining research or product development or even agreeing to co-sponsor training for your employees. There's a lot of benefits to allying with other organizations. 
Thank you very much. And now, Lisa, I'm looking at your notes. And here's something interesting. This is a word, a words to the wise. I said in my beginning, stop, look, listen, and choose wisely. So let's talk about being wise. You say in terms of marketing alliances for SMEs, be honest about your own business. There is no shame in being honest about the limitations of your business, but limitations aren't fixed. As an entrepreneur, you must be willing to explore every opportunity and possibility to expand and grow. So how does this work with these alliances? Are you saying you might get in over your head, literally and figuratively, Lisa? Tell us, please. Um, well, I mean, I don't think that so much. as it, When it's saying is being honest about your own business, so when you're looking to to join forces with another organization, another company, um, or as a consultant, maybe it's another solo entrepreneur, right? Maybe I do the marketing and somebody else, like Lorraine said, is a, is a designer or a web developer. It's just being upfront and being honest, saying, this is my business. These are the benefits that I bring to the table. Um, this is where I'm lacking, and this is why I'm talking to you, right? I'm looking to partner or to ally with another organization or another person who can help store up my weaknesses, if you will. I don't like to use that term, but, you know, my areas where I need support. And, you know, maybe that other organization or that other person has the opposite, right? They say, well, I have this strength, and you could help me with this. And so I think, you know, when I looked at this, this is what I got out of it, right? Just being honest, I'm a small business, I'm a growing business, or I'm a startup. Um, And just being willing to say, you know, I'm not going to be at the same place I am today. I'm definitely going to grow and get better, um, but here's where I am today, here's what I'm looking for, um, and so that way, it's not so much you can get over your head, but that way, you can find the best partners or the strongest partners to support the needs for your business. Thank you. Very interesting way to look at it. Lorraine, love to get your thoughts on this, please. So, growth is, is difficult sometimes in the small business, right? There's cash flow issues, there's workforce issues, there's HR issues, there's development costs. And so, I, you know, I kind of, I agree with what Lisa says, it's because it, you have to choose, choosing wisely is important because your business is important. And so, again, I go back to doing, you know, with the, with the internet, online, you know, the buying journey, even of making a decision about who to align with is, is crucial. And so choosing wisely is really about first, in my opinion, understanding your business and what you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, if you're a small business that's a, a dry cleaning concierge, aligning with maybe a, you know, oil shop that really just does wash and dry and doesn't do dry cleaning is not in the best interest of your business. But aligning with, you know, a brand new, you know, building that is looking to offer value and amenities to their residents is something that you go look towards, towards an alliance. So a property management company. So choosing wisely really has to do with staying with your business plan and your business strategy and what you look for in your growth. Now, that doesn't mean to be that you need to be, you know, closed-minded. You want to sit. You want to listen to opportunities. You want to, you know, think out of the box. I mean, Seth would be very upset with us if we didn't think out of the box and try to differentiate. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you also don't want to differentiate so far away, especially as you're in the growth model. 
McConnell that you that you lose your strategic vision. So I, I like the, the 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 stoplight analogy. I like to think wisely um, because you need to understand your business to make decisions on who to partner with, who to align with, and what your growth looks like. Because you know we've watched companies grow too fast. And we've seen what happens to them. My dogs agree. I apologize for that. Um, you watch companies that grow too fast, but you also watch companies that, that don't take the risk and, and then don't grow at all. So um, I, I think that it's important to understand your business, your business plan, and, and, your, and your growth strategy and the cadence that goes along with that growth strategy. Interesting. And, and I'm, thank you, Lorraine. I'm going to go back to Lisa for a second. Lisa, I'm noticing something else here that goes along with this topic in your notes. You say, ask questions. Do what you can mm-hmm. to make informed decisions about the people you're entering into these alliances with. You'll never know anything, everything, but it's up to you to arm yourself with as much information about as you can, uh, with, especially when you partner or form an alliance with another brand. They become an extension of your business. So let's talk about that, Lisa. There's, there's a danger in them, our hills sometimes today when you find out somebody, <laughs> you know, we've seen companies that are doing a, a child uh, sweatshops or child labor in, in other countries, and there's always an expedition and it makes the news and people say oh I didn't know that the people providing the uh, the zippers for my clothing were were making them in you know in mines with five-year-olds working uh, in sweatshops so uh, talk to us how how far do you go in investigating these alliances they may sound great you may have a great great time at the dinner table talking to these people but how far do you investigate before you say yes and shake the hand of a new alliance partner I mean, you know, first things first, I mean, I think Lorraine, what Lorraine was saying was correct, right, is like know what your business plan is. And then what I like to think of is just kind of say plan first and pick later, right? So don't, um, you know, really understand your plan. Understand exactly what trait you are looking for um, in in an ally before you go out to actually look for one. So it's very much like Lorraine said at the beginning of the show. It's like dating, right? Mm-hmm. Know exactly what you want in your partner. Um, you have to ask questions. I mean, how far do you go? I don't know because, you know, you could spend tons of time and money trying to do background checks and whatever. But I think if you ask the right questions and, and do some digging around, especially with everything that's out there on the Internet these days, I think it's probably not that difficult to uncover information about potential ally partners. Um, you know, but I think if you... If you're being honest about your business, if you're stating what your goals and objectives are up front, it is very much like dating. You're saying, here's here's who my business is, here's who I am, right? Here's what my goals are, and here's where I want to be. Um, and be clear about that, and you're asking the same of your ally partners, I think you'll be able to find ones that, that align with your goals, that meet that kind of profile, if you will, that you set set out that, you know, who, you know what am I looking for in my perfect partner or partners? Um, but most importantly, too, I think, or as importantly is, you know, once you start an alliance, it takes work. It's like any relationship, right? It, it takes a lot mm-hmm. of work to manage it, um, a lot of work to keep it going. Um, a lot of times, you can, you know, the alliances require, you know, time and effort to keep going just like any relationship does. You have to ask the right questions on the front end, but then also be open and communicate openly once the alliance is in in place, right, so that it just continues to move forward um, 
keep each other honest about what your original objectives were, keep each other in check about how you're measuring up, and communicate the results and changes that everybody may need along the way. Thank well, you. And Go ahead, Lorraine. I have a oh, question, sorry, but go ahead first. Oh, sorry, sorry. It brings up some great points. I mean, an alliance becomes um, an extension of you, right? So if you're... you're your logo or your business card or your collateral piece or, or sitting on a website or sitting in a retail store or, or somewhere, then you've, again, using the word aligned, you, you've put a connection between you and that company. And so it's important to do little things. To Lisa's point, who has the money to go do all these, you know, background checks? But you can go check the Yelp ratings, the consumer report ratings, you know, see if there's any, you know, business filings against them. You know, you Google them, you check LinkedIn to see how many, you know, references they have. So there are simple ways and, and you know, a list of ways to just, you know, a, a small checklist of, like Lisa said, of what you want. Right? Here are the five things I'm looking for in an alliance, and here are the five mm-hmm. things I'm going to check about them. You know, their, their, their rankings and ratings, who's using them, you know, maybe a reference or two. So I just wanted to add to that that it, it's, it's really easy to, to understand, you know, um, or find out the information on a reference, I mean, on, a re- on, on an alliance through resources. Okay, and you know, I want and to take one this. One other thing, I think, to keep yeah, go in ahead, mind, not that it's any relationship, right? I mean, you want to go into it being positive, being open, and communicating your objectives, but at the same time, make sure also that you have an exit strategy. So, an alliance yes. that doesn't include a clear plan for an ending of the alliance, if it doesn't work, you know, or just in general, you know, you want to just make sure that both parties are invested, but at the same time, you've got to protect yourself and make sure that there's an exit strategy. And I'm going to add one more thing to this pie because we're almost at the predictions round, but but my quick quick question to both of you, I'll start with Lorraine. What about having an NDA? Do you need to protect your intellectual property? Do you need to protect? Because we all know what disruptors are today. You sit down at the table, Bob and Mary, Stan and Sue, you're sharing ideas. Hey, let's share coupons. Let's share this. I'll drive to you or you'll drive to me. And then one night somebody wakes up with this big idea and the big light bulb over their head when they can't sleep and they say, wow, I could do Bob's business better than he does. Maybe we should get into that. Bob told us that he's planning, uh, you know, three uh, extensions and he's going into four countries and the next three months. Maybe we could find six countries and we could beat him there. You know, it is a competitive world. Lorraine, what's the danger in sharing too much and getting too quote-unquote chummy at the table with your alliances? Lorraine, first, very quick answer. One minute and then one minute for Lisa and then we do predictions. Lorraine, go ahead. I think it depends on the alliance. I think if you're sitting around the table with a group of people, you need to be careful about what you share. I think if you're going to... um, you know, uh, be a uh, dry cleaner, aligning with a dry cleaner, a concierge, I don't think that the NDA is needed. I think it's the level of conversation versus just the, the collaboration point. Okay, thank you. Lisa Durrett, I have one minute for you, and then we'll, we'll go back to Lorraine for predictions. Lisa, what about an NDA? What about keeping that kimono not too open and keeping your plans close to the vest? What do you think? Um, you know, I agree with Lorraine. I mean, I think you have to kind of feel your way along and I think you know when the right time is to share and how much to share. Um, I think once you definitely, I mean, for me, when you enter into an alliance, I think there does have to be some some level of agreement to protect, you know, each entity's clients or, you know, whether it's business intelligence or product. Um, I think once you decide to enter into it, there probably 
should be some level of agreement. But while you're in the exploring stage, I think you just kind of have to trust your gut and know along the way, you know, here's I'm comfortable sharing this. To this point, this is who my business is. This is who I am. This is what I'm looking for without going too deep. Thank you very much, Lorraine. Maurice, time for crystal ball. I give you 90 seconds because it's just the two of you. Let's look forward to about 2020. What will change in the world or in the landscape of marketing alliances for SMEs? Will we still be using that word? Will we still be uh, seeing people getting creative about the synergies of what they can share? Will it still be an informal, non-business legal arrangement? Lorraine, predictions, 90 seconds, go. I, I think that we're going to see alliances become even more critical for small businesses. I think with the growth of digital marketing and the need to have a unique value proposition, the impact that you can offer your customer by being aligned with other services or business entities that they also need will become a convenience and a differentiator that small businesses will need to bring to the table. We're all very much of the um, convenience mindset, of the one-stop shopping mindset, and by tying it all together makes it work. If you go back to some of the, the bigger examples we talked about, you know, well, we may not have even mentioned this, but the Intel inside was huge. And uh, when you bought a PC, those of us that are novices, we didn't know how to buy, you know, memory or RAM or what needed to go inside our computer box. But the fact that it came with something that branded themselves as being fabulous made it very simple. You know, the fact that, you, you know, you know that you can get a Coke with your hamburger. You know, those are things that actually make buying uh-huh. easier. And so for a small business to simplify the buying process, and make it easier for their customer will be something that continues to be more and more important. Thank you very much. And Ms. Lisa Durrett, I have 90 seconds for you. What are your predictions? Um, I agree. I think we're going to see um, alliance, the, the importance of alliances um, from a business perspective or marketing perspective will only increase as we go forward. Um, I think one of the things that we're seeing with, with businesses today is a lot of people that are really getting very niche-focused, right? So their product or their service is extremely niche-focused. So that, um, I think, we'll just see the growth of alliances expand even more. Um, they can expand their base by saying, you know, I have this product or solution that serves this market. Yours is very similar but a different niche. So if we combine forces, we can grow our, our businesses together. Um, so I, I agree with Lorraine. I think as we move forward, I think it's it almost is going to become a must-have, not not something that you should think of, but I think it's going to become one of the probably five things that, you know, they're going to tell everybody, if you're going to start a business, you need to do these five things. I think number five will be start to form alliances. Very interesting. Good words of wisdom and a good uh, future look. We want to again do a shout out to Trish Nettleship. We missed you, Trish. Thank you for preparing for the show. We hope your family emergency works out and everybody is okay. Lorraine Maurice, it's been a pleasure. Lorraine, what's coming up in a couple weeks on the show? Do you have a plan for your next episode? We do. We're going to just keep with the strategy of how to make... um, small businesses, the the growth opportunity for them. So there'll be another session on using, you know, marketing tactics for, for business growth. 
Terrific. Thank you very much, Lisa. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Best wishes on your business. And now let's do what we always do. Thank Kevin and the business channel team at World Talk Radio, a.k.a. VoiceAmerica.com. And I will tell you that if you're wondering about some of my interviews at Sapphire next Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern here on the business channel, Coffee Break with Game Changers will roll in six episodes, six sessions I conducted at Sapphire on the theme of what's making today's C-suite excited to go to work every day. This week, this Wednesday, yesterday, we did six on what's keeping them awake at night. We're going to do the flip side of that equation. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. Well, maybe you want to coke with that seatbelt, Lorraine. I don't know. Go form an alliance. What are you waiting for? I thought it was funny. Go out and be a game changer today, just like Lorraine Maurice, just like Lisa Durrett, and just like Trish Nettleship. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. It's been another great week here on the Business Channel. Talk to you next week. And everybody, if you're in the U.S., have a safe Memorial Day holiday. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.